From the headquarters of the Jameson Media Complex, broadcasting from the GreenIndustryPodcast.com studios, it's the Green Industry Podcast, where Paul and his guests discuss lawn and landscape business best practices and practical strategies to maximize profits. Now, here's your host, best-selling author of Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, Paul Jameson. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to today's program. We're going to be chatting with my friend Jeremy from J. Jacobs in Illinois. He runs a lawn care business where they're cutting that grass, making that cash, and doing some installations. And he's been documenting on his Instagram about the backyard that he's been building, the pool they've put in. And I was going to share a little bit of that storyline of how he purchased some land, I think three acres in rural Illinois, and uh, built a house, built, built a pool, built the backyard space. And uh, he's been documenting that on his Instagram, just shy of 20 thousand followers over there on the IG. And we're actually going to talk about Instagram in today's episode. What's a healthy balance of how we use Instagram as a viewer? What's appropriate? What's not? What's some good boundaries? And then as we publish content, what's appropriate? What's the motives of why we publish what we publish? And we're going to have a very good conversation around the issue of social media influence and how we keep our hearts and minds uh, pure. And uh, it's going to be a good episode. So really looking forward to chatting with Jeremy about his business and social media life. Thank you to today's episode sponsors, our friends at GPS Track It. GPS Track It is a device that you can put in the OBD port in your vehicle, and then it'll track where your vehicle is at. If you have a fleet of vehicles, you can know where those vehicles are, how fast are they going, or is the, is the vehicle on or off, is it idle? Everything from location to what the vehicle is doing, you can know uh, their dashboard and software makes it very clear of what's going on with your fleet of vehicles. It's GPS Track It, and they provided us a phone number. If you want to give them a call and ask them questions about how they can serve your company, uh, they'd be glad to chat with you. And also thanks to our friends over there in beautiful Fairfield County, Ohio, with the Hardscape Academy. So without further ado, let's chat with my friend Jeremy from Jay Jacobs in Illinois. All right. Well, welcome back to the program, Jeremy from Illinois. What's going on, my friend? Hey, Paul. Good to hear from you again. So you're posted up in the office, which is less than a mile from your house. That is right. Yeah, we basically uh, have our have our shop here less than it's I actually jog there in the wintertime with part of my uh, exercise routine. So it's a little it's a little jaunt right across the highway. But it works out good to keep all my uh, equipment there. I don't have to have a uh, a garage at home full of mowers and rakes and blowers and stuff like that. So, No pun intended. It works out good for your uh, jog over there. Well, I really like your setup, Jeremy, with the three acres of land. And I've been watching your Instagram stories as one of the top in our industry because you tell a good story every day. So I'll be, even if the audio is not on, I'll be watching. I'm like, oh, that's the parking lot where they put the sod in the middle. Uh, you know, and just, I, I, I follow your guys's work because you present it in such a good storyline. And the top of that would be your backyard. Cause you've documented on Instagram stories, the process of, of building the, the, you know, the outdoor space back there. And it's just been really f- cool to watch it progress and come together. So tell us a little bit about your property and what you guys been working on in the backyard. Yeah. So like Paul said, uh, I like to document 
day-to-day activities and and one of those that's been happening in the last uh 24 months really is the uh installation of a diy pool in my backyard basically we the beginning of 2020 we bought a uh, pool shell from a local pool company and i had no previous experience with uh pool installation at all i just watched um other companies do it but there's so much information out there online so yeah we took it from basically a pool shell um we did all the the excavation we did all the plumbing installed all the pool equipment the pool cover which was really complicated um and ended up finishing off the backyard here just i don't know maybe a couple weeks ago we still have a few things to uh button up but it's been enjoyable to learn um a lot of the properties that we maintain have pools and it's something that as time goes on and I get more familiar with, with handling uh, the maintenance end of a pool, that's something that would always, you know, maybe it would be a retirement business of me just maintaining people's pools and winterizing them and, and doing treatments and stuff like that to keep people's pools looking nice. But the real intent was uh, to give me and my family a oasis in the backyard that we didn't have to go um, <laughs> really anywhere to, to enjoy outdoor spaces, but yet just go to our backyard and be able to spend time right there. And that's, that's kind of the objective of what we did there. Yeah. Guys like Fullerton and all these other folks are rinsing and repeating. They're buying their three acres. And uh, <laughs> that seems to be Mitchell Gordy's, I think is four and a half acres. I was just at his, I, I don't remember. I mean, I was, I'm just eyeballing it, but it was probably four or five acres um, in North Carolina there. Mitchell bought a plot of land. And instead of starting with the pool, uh, Mitchell started with a really cool shop that he built. And, uh, his priorities are kind of shop first and then all the other accessories will come. But uh, I think a lot of guys that own lawn care landscaping businesses, we all kind of have the same vision that you're actually living out with the plot of land and, and kind of building the the dream setup, but beyond your backyard. So you own the three acres, but then it's just nothing, but what is that a cornfield or it's just land past what would be, I guess your neighbor's lot, but it's just like right. open country. What is that back there? Yeah, so basically we border on two sides of just a farmer's field. Um, there's actually two different farmers, and there's probably a 80-acre bean field and another 80-acre cornfield, right, bordering our property. And then we are part of HOA, believe it or not. Um, there's, I think there's about 20 lots, and they're all like acre-and-a-half lots. We bought two lots. That's why we have three. Um, so, yeah, we built in 2007, uh, 2016. And slowly have, you know, landscaped the place up and made it so it's a finished product. But it's it's enjoyable. Um, you know, we never could have hired it out price wise. We we wanted to, to to pay actually cash for the whole landscape, and that's what we ended up doing. We just as as um, the the material came available, we were able to save up and just pay for it, and then we figured out a way to get it installed. So. That's awesome, Jeremy. I really uh, like the save and cash plan that, that I think that at the end of the day, then you don't have any stress after it's put in, it's paid for and, and you're not paying interest and worried about making a payment. It's, it's your backyard and it's paid for. Yeah. Yep. And it, and it is, um, you know, it took, so I'm 36 years old and we've got five kids and there was a time where we, we just lived in a little Cape Cod house. It was about a $90,000 house. 
Uh, we lived there for several years, and there was nothing wrong with it other than it was small. Um, but that was really where, you know, we just we just shoveled and saved money away, saved money away until the business was at a point where it was netting um, really, really good numbers. And basically, we've kind of hit that sweet spot in the last, I would say, four to five years where we're, we've kept our um, income pretty consistent as a business. It's grown a little bit, but not a lot. But really, what's the bottom line, the net is really increased over time and it's also consistent and so we're kind of in that sweet spot i would say as a business financially and uh, hopefully we can keep it that way going forward how many employees do you guys got uh going on now in your company yeah so we're a seasonal company but in peak season there was 13 of us right now with school starting college starting uh we're back down to like six and again it kind of varies None of my employees are full-time, um, so the, the schedule is a little tricky to, to, to plan the logistics of it all because there's some people coming and going, and they're working a half day here and a part day here, but I like to try to make that work because if we can keep it to, to more part-time um, employees, and when I say part-time, I'm just saying not 24-7, 365. I mean... I want these customers or I want the employees coming back year after year, but maybe more of a flexible schedule to, to accommodate their needs, whether if they're in college or if they want to do something on the side or whatever. But it, it helps to kind of take the pressure off me um, in the wintertime when we're slow. Mm-hmm. If I know that they're part-time anyway, they're not as concerned about, you know, getting the hours in during the slower period. So how have you been able to successfully get an employee to, to come back, you know, first of spring when it's spring rush time, when their hours dipped in the winter, how do you communicate to that, to them? What did they do for revenue during January, February? How how do you navigate that predicament? Yeah. So communication is key from day one, when they have the job interview, um, you can't paint a, a real beautiful picture of their job description and their hours and wages. I mean, you have to, you have to paint a true picture at the job interview of what they're getting into. And I think that's key. And then as far as, I mean, that's just kind of the, the agreement is once we get in the winter time, they're going to be getting laid off, but pretty much April 1st, they can plan on getting picked back up. So then they can plan their schedule around that. But it is interesting culture in a, in a business it's so important. I've asked uh, just last week, I was just curious. I asked some of the employees like, Hey, if I ended up selling this business, uh, would you still work here? And they're like, Oh man, they, it, it was really hard for them to, to, to say yes, because so much of it isn't just me, but if I was gone, the culture might change. So, so much of working here and why they want to come back working here is, is, the employees, the management, um, you know, we, we go out to eat all the time on the company dollar and it's, it's a fun, enjoyable time, but yet we're making money yet. We're doing professional work, but, um, so much of it has to do with culture and, and you can't, uh, minimize that at all. Yeah. So how serious are you of potentially selling the company? I would like to get it in a uh, in a marketable um, package 
I'm not that that serious about it. Like literally, um, I think, I think, yeah. I, <laughs> the same time, if somebody offered me, you know, two million for it, would I go for it? Yeah, probably. But um, I would like to definitely streamline it and get it in a package form where you could hand it off. So what I got to do basically is get more of a CRM in place. We use um, a CRM for time tracking and stuff, but I want to get one. You know, I've, I haven't tried the jobber or the LMN, uh, but I would like to try a more advanced one that would be more um, something you could hand off and turnkey mm-hmm. to, to an investor or something. Um, but I have in the last week here, I had COVID, so I haven't been able to be involved with the company as much in the day to day, um, person to person, but yet I'm able to manage it, you know, from my house or whatever. And it's interesting to kind of see how it works. Um, because I feel like if, if you can make a company, we, you know, run on its own and, and you guys have talked about this a ton on your podcast, but that's kind of the end goal. So I've got those, those little loose ends over the winter here that I'd like to kind of get together so that it would be more of a package that would be a marketable package. Um, as far as how serious on a scale of one to 10, I'm probably at like a four right now. So <laughs> I got you. Well, yeah, I use jobber, um, for my CRM, but I think that's definitely something that's going to make the stock of the business at sale go up when every, you know, eyes dotted and T's crossed. Cause we know how we get it done. I mean, we have all kind of little, uh, things with our customers and with our people to, you know, we know how to run it, but when yeah. someone comes in to buy it, they don't know all of that way of kind of duct tape the business together. And so I know these bigger companies, that, I mean, if you look at the top 100 lawn and landscape companies, and, and several of them are here in our region down in, in Georgia and in, in our surrounding states, it's a popular place for these larger companies. They're buying smaller companies. The guys like what you're saying, 13 employees, 15 employees, 20 employees, they're constantly buying those companies up. And, uh, you know, for over a million dollars, you know what I'm saying? And so it definitely is something for guys that are just listening to even consider, even if you're like, I'd never sell my company. You never know, <laughs> you know, yeah. the 1.5, so, yeah. go ahead. There's so much, uh, I mean, I, I've just natured this way. I like a, I like a challenge and I like uh, new things. And so there's so many other opportunities out there. You know, I mentioned the whole pool maintenance. And there's other mm-hmm. businesses that I could start or I could do um, that I would enjoy. So that's why long term, you know, I don't want to say stay locked in if I ha- don't have to. So I want to kind of a, a plan, I guess they call it what, like an exit plan or whatever in place. Um, and I think it would just help the efficiency as we have it now to have it set up in a more, um, mm-hmm. have all the procedures in line. So. Yeah. It's definitely a win-win ha- having everything streamlined is going to make the business run better, but I- I'm really in hindsight, I wish I, if I could go back over and do everything again, I would have built my business so different and I would have sold it for a lot of money, but I, I, I things were sloppy and unorganized and it caught, I didn't realize how much it was costing me, not just in the daily efficiencies, but in how valuable these businesses really are to the guys that are doing the tens of millions of dollars of revenue. They're dropping one to 2 million. Like it's nothing buying these smaller businesses. And that's a lot of money. If you, you know, sure. if you take a check <clears throat> for a yeah. million bucks, 
two million bucks, pay your taxes, pay your stuff. You still got a lot of money to invest that can can really kind of be a retirement plan. Let's do this, Jeremy. I'm going to kick it over. Uh, we're going to hear from today's show sponsors. And uh, coming up, I want to hear um, some more of what's going on in your business. GPS Track, it makes managing your driver, vehicles, and equipment assets simple with the latest technology and personalized, friendly customer support for service businesses of all sizes. With GPS Track, it, you get a real-time view of where your fleet vehicles are around the clock helping improve route density and operate more efficiently. GPS Track, it has been delivering peace of mind for over 12,000 customers in lawn and landscaping, and they've been doing it for over 20 years. Are you ready to protect your fleet, save money, and cut down on fuel costs? Call 844-996-2518 to speak with a knowledgeable fleet advisor. No pressure, no hassles, low monthly fees, and no contracts. 844-996-2518 or visit greenindustrypodcast.com slash GPS track it. You've heard Caleb and Brittany Allman talking about the Hardscape Academy, but have you checked it out for yourself? The hardscapeacademy.com is the place to get the skills and training you and your crew need to excel as a professional hardscaper. You'll learn all the techniques and best practices to properly install pavers and retaining walls. You'll have access to online video training courses, in-person apprenticeships, comprehensive guides, and customizable business forms. Plus, there are two free courses which cover everything slab, from initial planning to final installation, and again, those are absolutely free. If you're serious about mastering your skills, abilities, efficiency, and bottom line, the hardscapeacademy.com is for you, and that link is in today's show notes. All right, friends, we are back with Jeremy. Are you feeling better Mom, from your battle with COVID? Are you getting better, or how are you feeling? I didn't even realize that until you dropped that mid-sentence casually. Ah, yeah, no, so it was a week ago Thursday that I started getting uh, symptoms, and yeah, I had a fever for like three or four days, felt felt pretty rough, um, but no, I'm definitely up on my two feet and walking around feeling a lot better now. I still don't have my smell and taste back, which is really annoying because I, uh, you know, I, when I eat food, I like to enjoy food, but Everything tastes and smells the same, so I get to change all the diapers at home right now. Oh, <laughs> there you go. I guess it'd be easier to eat healthy. Like, if you can't taste pizza or a, a juicy cheeseburger, it's like, yeah, you know, might as well eat the uh, grilled chicken and broccoli, you know? Yeah, but it's so weird, like, Paul, when you're not supposed to go to the grocery store and you're not supposed to go out to eat and all that stuff. I mean, I really, <clears throat> I mean, I realized I, I was sick and I could, I could probably spread it or whatever, so... Uh, I want to want to do my part and stay isolated. But man, how do you how do you even get groceries? Do you, can you do the Walmart pickup or you know all these questions? So it's a uh, I, I don't I don't well, wish it on anybody. What Mister Producer's got me on is the Walmart delivery. So ah, I you, didn't know they did that. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And uh, now there is. I think it's. I'm not sure if it's eleven, twelve, fifteen bucks a month. It, it is a. It is a subscription fee, 
and then you have to give a tip to the, the person who's going to deliver your groceries. But here in Atlanta, well, I could just take a fishing. I could just take a fishing pole and just kind of cast the ten dollar bill out onto the street or something. Well, it's all online. It's all online, so you don't even have to worry about that. But if you think about it, for me here in Atlanta, just driving to the grocery store, it's so many people to live here. It's just it takes time. It's traffic, and then that's an hour or two of your time pushing the little buggy, filling it up, and yep. uh, you know people come up and talk. It's just all this, you know, it's two, three hours. So what is that really worth? If, if you really calculate it, giving the driver a 10, 15 buck tip and paying 10 or 15 bucks a month and yep. how much time you save. So Mr. Producer, that's one of the life hacks he got me on. He's like, I got my, I mean, Mr. Producer, you know, his budget's not like the rest of ours. You know what I mean? He's, he's living <laughs> high on the hog, man. I, I joke all the time. Oh, when yeah. You guys are down on vacation and all them yachts are going by in Florida if they have the name, you know, that's when you know you're rich when your name's on your boat or your nickname, you know? <laughs> so you guys look at those yep. yachts and you see one say, Mr. Mr. Producer, Producer, just wave to him and say, Hey, Mr. Yep. Producer. He's back there with this lady. He'll wave at you. Yeah. So, but anyway, he told me, you know, save, save time. And this is hashtag not sponsored, Jeremy, but uh, get your gro- get your groceries delivered. You don't have to go through the store. You don't have to be around people. You just um. But see, Paul, we live out. out in, door. You know, we live out in the hills and hollows. I don't even know if anybody would deliver all the way to Conjureville, Illinois. We oh. have like four hundred people that live in our town. So. Oh uh, well, I don't know about <clears throat> that. Yeah, there's there's a million people in my backyard, so it's uh. Yep. But I'm telling you, man, what you got, uh, I. What you have, that's what my long-term goal is. I, I want to be there, not in Illinois, but in, in the space, in the land. It's just after a decade or so of being around a big city like this, it kind of loses its glamour. Yeah. Yep. No, it's worked out good. I could I could probably live on a little uh, smaller piece of property, but it was uh, the Lord's leading back in, I don't know when we bought that, probably 2004. 14 or something like that and uh that's definitely where he wanted us so we so enjoy it there. you bought the land in 14 and then you didn't start um breaking ground and building the house until 16 correct yep so for two years it just sat there <clears throat> yep it just sat there we mowed it uh about every other week and yeah in 2016 we got our budget together and and got that house put up and i'm glad we built it then because boy building costs are high but it was a good experience um, Fullerton's always, you know, DMing me questions. I can't wait to see him when he ends up getting his house, uh, dug and start building on that one. So, yeah, well, it's just really cool. I know, um, I have a friend, Alex Kirby in, in South Carolina did the same thing about a plot of land and built a, a house or barn, barn dimium, barn. I don't know how they Oh say. yeah. Yep. A barn dimium. Yeah. Barn dimium. It's like a, it looks like a barn, but it's like a house inside and then Fullerton's in process. Mitchell Gordy, you know, you're, you're, um, years ahead of the crew here with buying your land, building your dream house and things of that nature. But I, I know that this is, uh, as the course of time goes on, this this seems to be the the hot topic and the trend, and and a lot of folks are have similar goals, and and I think that really motivates us to work hard and to save money when you when you have a, a goal like that, it, it keeps a chip on your shoulder to to keep that net profit booming so that we can afford um, these luxuries and and uh, blessings. Yeah, so it's 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 a catch twenty two. It's always tough in with the Instagram world because. Um, we go to, we go to church and we try to practice the ways of Jesus. And it is, it sometimes Instagram 
it borderlines so much with with promoting pride or promoting self that it's very um boy it's a fine line to walk and i i feel it in my heart sometimes because i know i mean i've got family and i've got there's just you know everybody isn't given what we've been given and um i don't at all ever want to come across as hey look at me look at all this uh prosperity I, I have in my life and stuff like that and that sometimes it actually makes me want to almost stop instagram because i know i mean i can just go through my feed in the in the the pictures um and the videos that you know get a lot of likes and get a lot of follows or whatever are the ones that are promoting the great pictures and all the the, the glamorous things um but as a christian that's not really what this life is about. Um, and so that it's been really hard lately, even uh, with as much garbage as that's on Instagram. If you hit the, the little explore button down there and it, it can just, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, I will be, um, well, there's two storylines going on here. Cause that's the fine line of, I think there's a verse that says it's going through a list of all the evils of, of how people will be as you get closer to the end of the age. And then one of the things it names is they'll be lovers of themselves. And it puts that yep. in the, yep. in the same context of like guys that are thieves and, and all kind of sins. You're like, yeah, well that, of course that's a sin. And then it's like out of the blue, it's like, and they will be lovers of themselves. And here we are with these pages about ourselves. And so I, right. I definitely try to figure out what's appropriate. And if I didn't have this podcast, forget about it. I'd have zero in Instagram. I'd have nothing like I, I don't yep. want to get down that, but I felt like the Lord called me to start this podcast. So I, it's kind of like you have to have the audience and, 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 and serve the audience. And so anyway, but as a personally, I will, I will share this. I'm in the point where I feel like the Lord's instructions to me is not to click on that Instagram or TikTok homepage. Cause you, you click on this thing and not only will you see the lawnmowers and all that, but then you start seeing these 15 year old girls shaking their butt and these 30 year old girls, like every third picture yep. is some borderline pornographic image. It's not necessarily right. yep. A nudity, but I, I seriously, um, very clearly the Lord's like, you're not for, I need to keep my heart pure, my eyes pure, my ears pure. And my instruction is for me personally, it's a sin to even watch whatever's on the, I guess they call it the homepage or the newsfeed or whatever Instagram's explore thing is. Yeah. I, I personally have set a boundary in my own heart, eyes and life, not to watch that on both Instagram and on um, TikTok, and so yep. um, that's just my my rule, and that and that way you play it safe because uh, that that stuff is evil. A lot of a lot of that stuff that they um, promote and that gets the most views and clicks and likes is um is not good. And and you know I know you're a, hus a faithful husband, father, and uh, I'm on the verge of you know one day wanting to have that. But I, I think as entrepreneurs, we have a lot of responsibility, not just with our team members, but also with our wives and kids and, um, our future wives and kids that we got to keep our, our mind and eyes pure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something that, you know, I've been trying to, you know, both that, all that worldly stuff that is, is out there and available. And then also like what you said, uh, lovers of themselves are promoting, I mean, we're supposed to be following Christ and we're trying to get people to follow us, so to speak on, uh, you know, and there's, there's definitely, I've, I've kind of figured out, you know, what Instagram likes for the algorithm type stuff. So you, you can kind of figure out 
ways to, to do that. But at the same time, it's like, why do I just keep promoting self here? Um, you, and you do spend a lot of time, whether you're trying to collect really good content, like just getting that camera at the right angle and redoing that time lapse one more time. And you, you spend a ton of time uh, trying to achieve that. And you look back at the end of the day and yeah, maybe your following has grown, but you just, you just hope that it's not Satan just kind of pulling you down a path <laughs> that, uh, God would rather you not be going down. So. Yeah, I was just reading last, or I like to listen to the Bible, the audio book, but it, audio Bible, and it, I was listening to it and it said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but he actually yep. forfeits his soul? And so right. I think, uh, you know, it's it's a fine line. I don't I don't have the answer, Jeremy. I'm still wrestling with it. I just know for me, personal boundary, I am not watching that explore whatever real or uh story or not story but real or they have a mixture of reels and then post that they suggest to you and it'll be like mine will be like there'll be a football highlight there'll be a baseball highlight there'll be a lawnmower you know and a lot of the times i recognize them and then next thing you know you got some girl shaking her butt in your face and it's like nah yeah we're we're not yeah we're not going to tolerate that and um at what point does you know uh, building our brands of, you know, Jay Jacobs or the green industry podcast or, or whatever it is, even if it's just a, your personal lawn business, you know, what's the healthy way. And I guess I'm asking myself this, I'm asking you this, what, what is the healthy way to, to grow that? Cause there are some benefits of the social proof of, you know, a, a customer looking at Jay Jacobs and being like, Oh man, that, right. the company <clears throat> culture that, that they're, you know, so what, what do you think is the, the right recipe for how we could use it? Cause I'm not suggesting everyone go delete their Instagram account. <laughs> what do you think yeah. is the, the right balance? Right. That's, that's a really tough question. I think if you are disciplined, like you're saying, um, it, you know, it's, I would say the Instagram page has been more beneficial to my business than a website. We have a website, but, um, man, it's so easy just to send somebody a link to my Instagram page and you're going to get way more up. They get up to date photos and story and whatever you want. Um, so, and you know, yeah. Can, so I would say, and there's a lot of Christian businesses around me that, that use social media. And yeah, I, I would say it's a, it's a healthy spot as long as we're not. And this is where it gets down to, you know, questions that we may never know that we don't want to also put a, a rock of stumbling in our brother's path. And we have a weaker brother that, yeah, so maybe Paul, you, you don't hit the explore page, but we've got a, you know, one of the people that like to watch our content, but they watch our content. And then when they're done with that, they go do something else. And I guess we can't really control that. But at the same time, I don't know. We don't want to be a rock of stumbling, I guess, in our brother's way. So, you know what? Take everything prayerfully uh, and really, uh, put some thought and there might be times where we do have to scale back. Maybe the Lord is tricking me about a certain thing that I was wanting to, to post and there was some pride in there and just don't post it or take it down or uh, be willing to be flexible and moldable as the Lord uh, convicts. Yeah, that's really good. And I just wanted to chime in. I think that being a servant, it, like if you do have an audience on social media it to change the paradigm that it's not about you. It's about them. It's about serving them and, you know, posting content that can be of a benefit to those who are going to view the content or listen to the content and things of that nature. So 
I'm definitely wrestling through it. Uh, we had a guest a while ago from Pennsylvania. Mo Muscles is his name. And um, I was telling him back then that I set a boundary on Instagram. It lets you set like you can do it 30 minutes. It will notify you. You've been on Instagram for 30 minutes today. And then you can either continue or you could, you know, have that as a, a, a as a set like, oh, OK, I'm done for Instagram for today. Because if you're spending one or two or three hours on Instagram and 10 minutes with your wife or kids or whatever your, your ratio is, then it's like, uh, okay, this is uh, not right. Right. And yeah, and I guess, um, especially once you have kids, so there's different stages of life, obviously. And yeah, that's one thing that I do not want my kids to always think of dad sitting there with his phone or always being on his phone or always posting stuff on his phone because <laughs> they're just going to take that to another level. Uh, you know, when they get, to the age to have their own phone and stuff. So um, it takes some maturity, I guess, a lot of discernment. And ultimately, it takes grace because it's, it's so easy, just like you're saying, to burn up a lot of time really quick. We really appreciate you uh, sharing your perspective, Jeremy. I, I didn't know we we're going to go down the social media route. I was uh, excited to, to get some updates for you, but I know you got to get back to work. And uh, I appreciate you taking time out of your work day to give us some updates. And uh, definitely, I'd love to see your property one day when I'm out on tour. Or, uh, we'll figure something out because um, uh, it's really cool to see the culture that you guys established at your business and what you guys got going on over there. So maybe one day before hey. you sell it for two million bucks, I'll get to see. <laughs> That'd be great. I'd love to have you come out on a weekend. We could we could we could cook some uh, some burgers or some brats, and I could take you to church and uh, send you on your way. So that sounds like that sounds like a good <clears throat> weekend, man. I uh, Ryan Priggy down at Kohler made me. Uh, the best brats I've had, man, that was uh, down in Mississippi. So I, and, 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 uh, Naylor made me a good juicy cheeseburger. So I got, I got high standards, man. Okay. Yep. Well, we'll do the best we can. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for your time, man. It's always good talking to you. Yep. Talk to you later, Paul. Right, have a good day. See ya. That sounds pretty good. A juicy cheeseburger and some brats, Mr. Producer. Come on, somebody. I know. Yeah, what are you what are you smiling at, at me for over there? I'm not inviting myself over to your cookout, but hey, if you want to invite me, <laughs> Mr. Producer is quite quite the chef when he's not uh, picking up the uh, red lobster and the longhorn, the, the, the go-tos. I, I know you're uh you're dying over there. Oh, don't even get me started on the dominoes. But uh yeah, you cook a good cook a good cheeseburger, cook a good, some good brats, party at Mr. Producer. That would be fun. We could do like an exclusive club, like you know, twenty people get to go to Mr. Producer's for a party, and we could we could uh, podcast from the Appalachian Mountains from your back porch. So, all right, I'm getting the nonverbal cues from Mr. Producer to uh, move things along. Uh, you start talking cheeseburgers and brats, man. My creativity juices start flowing. I, I start getting these ideas. But uh, nevertheless, thank you to today's show sponsor, Walmart. If you guys want to get, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, we, we, you should reach out to them, Mr. Producer. That, uh, we gave him a nice plug there about their grocery deliveries. But for real, thank you to our show sponsors, GPS Track. And if you want to track where your vehicles are in your fleet, 
uh, GPS track, it will send you a reader. You put it in the OBD port. From there, the vehicle is being tracked of the location, how fast it's going, where it's at, what it's doing. And then you can look at all that information. They got really detailed reports through their software, through their dashboard. And now uh, you can really pay attention to what's going on in your business. Save time, save money, GPS track it. And the way to get a hold of them is by calling the phone number in today's episode notes. So tell them Paul sent you and they'll answer any questions that you have. And I'll let you know how to move forward with getting your uh, vehicles um, tracked and knowing what's going on in your business with GPS track it. Thank you also to our friends at the Hardscape Academy. My buddy Caleb Allman over there uh, has resources. If you want to learn how to put in a stone patio paver, retaining wall, check out our friends at the Hardscape Academy. And last but not least, la- all right. I was thinking of the 95 Chicago Bulls starting lineup, Mr. Producer. I got ahead of myself. Last but not least, is what I meant to say, the new book, Best Business Practices for Landscapers, is now available on Amazon. And the crowd, all right, thank you guys. Thank you. Seriously, thank you. But it is available, Best Business Practices for Landscapers. You can pick it up on Amazon. Like Mr. Producer says, well, I just get one copy. Go ahead and get a few copies and uh, share it with entrepreneurs, business leaders that you know in your life. We talk business best practices from guys such as Andy Mulder, Troy Claw, Caleb Allman, uh, Mitchell Gordy, Naylor Taliaferro. The list goes on and on and on. I study what guys in the industry are doing well the clues of their success that they've left behind and then how we can emulate what they're doing well in our life. Wisdom from leaders in the green industry. Best business practices. You can pick up your copy or copies today. That link will be in today's episode notes. Super easy. Just click on it and then Amazon, depending on if you have Amazon Prime or not, is either one or two clicks from there. And uh, the book will be on its way to your house best business practices for landscapers. So thanks for listening, guys. Hope you'll pick up a copy of my new book and uh, we'll catch you hopefully on the next episode. This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production.